God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by the lovely Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So, um, you know, we're just going to be talking about the developments that have been going on, the unprecedented elements uh, uh, or events that have been uh, transpiring over the last five days. Four four or five days. It's Armageddon, and it's uh, something I never thought I would see in our country. And um, but it's it's a culmination of everything that we have seen in our society over the last twelve years. You know, it all started when Obama said we're just five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. And when I heard Chuck Schumer say the same thing when he was talking about the Georgia Senate race, I knew what he was talking about. First and, we take Georgia. Yeah, and then we take America. And, and then we change America. And I'm just like, you know, that's not what MAGA is about. Not That's not what Make America Great Again is about. Make America Great Again is to restore the days of um, Norman Rockwell-like paintings where we can all, you know... Uh, honor our veterans and uh, stand for the flag and say the Pledge of Allegiance and uh, honor our God, you know, or have faith in our God. The family and, unit. And, and, and you know, and uh, basically bring our families together. And the key to that success for that is to restore community, restore community values, um, and to uh, build back better the middle class, which is not what Build Back Better, according to Biden, is all about, but building back our middle class. And that's what we were talking about. And that whole building of the middle class is really where you uh, develop the strength within your country and your nation. And basically the whole concept of uh, a pillar of strength, a foundation 
for America. You, you need know, economic empowerment and community environment, and you have to keep a family unit. And what's happening with what's going yeah. on right now is it's destroying the family unit. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, when you have a strong middle class, you, you, you basically have checks and balances because, you know, it's either the rich super elite that, you know, is in this power structure where they can't afford to, um, they can't afford to lose what they have. They can't be for, afford to be kicked out of the fraternity, so to speak. And so therefore they sell out to stay in the power game and uh, they have a lot to lose. And then you have the poorest of the poor and they're dependent on the teat of government, right? They need the milk. They need the money. They need the, the shelter. And they'll do anything, including getting down on their knees to um, get that perk that from the government. And the government can control that person and they can get them to do things. Um, like Justin Trudeau said about dictatorships, the nice thing about dictatorships, Justin Trudeau said, the Prime Minister of Canada, is that they're not so messy like democracies and and like the American Republic. It's not messy. It's, you mean my a, way or the highway is easier a, to execute than having a democracy? It allows a big government to be agile because they don't have to, you know, they don't have to negotiate. They just, you know, dictate. Is, yeah, exactly. It's a dictatorship. And so the middle class is the one hanging on the margins. They're the one, they're, they're, they should be the, they're generally the largest body. And they generally have the biggest melting pot, the biggest mix of the, the biggest diversity of ethnicity, uh, religion, and, uh, and everything else in between. <clears throat> All kinds of different houses. And they don't like regulation. They don't like big government. They don't like socialism. They don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be told where their kids go to school. They don't like to be told what religion they uh, uh, should, should worship. And they don't like to be told whether or not they can defend themselves uh, with a, their right to bear arms. So they're right there on the fringe, on the margin. They feel every government decision. And so socialism doesn't work with that population group that demographic and that's where we are so uh it's a it's really an attack on the middle class COVID was an attack on the middle class election rigging was an attack on the middle class everything we're seeing right now was an attack on the middle class now we're going to be talking about today you know the capitol hill um riots they call them you know and i think it was just mainly infiltration you know like that jake and jelly or uh, a couple of other characters, they all are demonstrably provable that they used to go to Antifa rallies as well over the summer. Or they would go to climate change rallies, like in the case of Jake and Jelly. And yet, you know, there's photographs of him with Jeff Peterson or uh, from the from the In the Matrix, a Q, you know, phenomena. Or uh, there are pictures of him at MAGA rallies. Uh, but there's also pictures of him at climate change. He's a paid actor. That's what it comes down to. And he is. He's listed as a paid actor. And so the media runs with this, but they don't tell you the whole truth. And that's the problem is that, that the truth is, you know, the truth is really uh, missing. You know, who I think did a good analysis of this Mark Levin on his show. 
yesterday. And I think it was the first analysis that I've heard since Wednesday that was that that was more honest about what actually happened. Now, like everybody else, Mark Levin said, of course, we cannot tolerate violence in this country. But he did the same thing that we've been doing. We went back and listened to President Trump's actual speech. He didn't tell anybody to run and storm the Capitol. He said, I like Pennsylvania Avenue. Pennsylvania Avenue is beautiful, whatever. He said something to that effect. But then he went through and read through a bunch of of the uh, top publications like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the way they parse the language about what happened, that that these were all Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol because the president told them to do it, do that. That is not true. And we cannot conflate the issues. And we certainly cannot use this as an excuse to suppress free speech. Right. Right. Well, you know, um, President Trump tried to be the man of the people and the man for the people. And he was. He was. The whole Make America Great Again, America First agenda was about you. It was about middle class America. It was about restoring uh, jobs with better trade deals, bilateral trade, lower taxes, deregulation, and everything that he did, he did for you, and he did for the middle class, and he did for America. And what these cronies have done is hired all these different people, or uh, the, well, basically the the Biden cronies. He's assembling his team. He's not president might be president-elect right now officially and they may have gotten that far but i actually still feel and i think leonora you agree with me that this game isn't really fully over yet is it you know it isn't fully over and i think we need to we need to see how everything develops over the next uh, nine days but the one thing i can say and i've said this over and over again to spend the next nine days impeaching somebody who's technically going to be out of office in a few days doesn't make any sense i mean if joe biden really wants to be a leader if he really wants to bring this country together you know he'll he'll move forward you know while we're talking about impeachment guess what we're not talking about the georgia fraud The Georgia election. So I think that, you know, they basically stole those two Senate seats right out from underneath our noses. Shame on us for being uh, victimized in 2018 and then in 2020. I mean, there's just absolutely no way that we lost seats in the House in 2018. The fix was in. And Paul Preston is doing a lot of great work out in California. And I think that we're going to see some things uh, and be enlightened with California. But, you know, there's a story here where um, Raffensperger, Republican, and um, and uh, so you got Raffensperger and you got um, Kemp and you got that guy Sterling, Gabe Sterling. Mm-hmm. And they're all down there. They're so-called Republicans in Georgia. And they're kissing the ring and answering to Stacey Abrams who got all of her funding from the Soros family and Soros um, cabal and uh, others foreign monies and Hollywood monies. But they put a lot of money into this. We're finding out that um, Zuckerberg, I think, committed treason. He spent 300 to $500 million. Uh, it's an estimate, but three to $500 million um, going after specific districts like, you know, Milwaukee, um, Wayne County. And these machines and the personnel that were there were financed in large part by 
Mike, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Now you got Jack Dorsey shutting down the communications for uh, Donald Trump. 88.7 million Twitter followers. They shut him down. It's unbelievable. It's incredibly unbelievable, really, when you think about it. But what it is, is they are trying to distract. They're trying to keep President Trump on his heels and off of his footing. They're trying to prevent the narrative of getting out there. They're trying to get a distraction. They're trying to get us to defend Trump rather than offense, offensively attack Georgia. So that's, that's one of the plays that's going on right here, is that while we're defending Trump and trying to, you know, they're basically trying to say before Trump can actually go after the election fraud and, and create that narrative and control that narrative, what they're doing is they're trying to keep Trump on his heels so that Trump supporters were on this bandwagon of saying, Trump's going to get four more years. Trump's going to win. There's going to be there's going to be something that's going to be revealed that's going to prove fraud uh, once and for all. Well, they've proven fraud, and the courts just won't hear it. And it's not for love of Trump because, you know, Jenny or Virginia um, Thomas, the wife of Clarence Thomas, uh, she's uh, um, Clarence Thomas's wife, and she actually um, financed about eighty buses at the Capitol. All in for Trump. <clears throat> and she did it from her heart. She basically was helping people get from the airport or wherever it was that they were getting from and getting them to the right place at the right time yeah. and helping to organize that. And she financed a lot of that out of her own pocket. It goes to show you that Clarence Thomas loves Donald Trump. His wife certainly does and went to bat for Donald Trump. At the, and now she's under attack. Jenny uh, Thomas is under attack for aiding and abetting these domestic terrorists. Well, the domestic terrorists were not the MAGA people. You know, we were, um, Leonora was there on the ground that day, and there was nothing but jubilation and happiness. Well, what I saw walking around the, the immediate neighborhood in D.C. was friendly people. But again, we cannot condone violence, but you can't say the whole group was violent. No, and I what mean, we're that's, seeing is we're seeing, we're seeing a, a lot of evidence that indicates that there was infiltration. Yeah. We have this guy, and we played this clip on Friday, I believe, where the guy said, I saw four bus, or three buses and two buses, three and two. There's five total five buses full of Antifa. And, you know, and then we looked at the timing, and it could very well be that this was an insurgent uh uh, in, in you know um, operation, and it could be the reason why Nancy Pelosi was so upset is is that we actually saw uh, information we may not we may should should not have seen. Could very well be that President Trump started the speech late, ended the speech overlapping the one p.m. thing, um, and uh, and then that worked out to be the timing was just right for the Arizona uh, debate on the floor. To where everybody was present on the floor, and next thing you know, everybody has to go to a safe room, and CIA operatives could have actually embedded themselves with the Antifa uh, numbnuts. So they could have basically been good and bad. I think there was also a little bit of group 
there group stuff going on? Well, there, are, there are some fanatical people out there. Well, uh, no, I'm not talking about fanatical people. Yeah. I'm saying I could actually see myself, right. and I'm not a fanatic. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is if some there was a bunch of people breaking into the Capitol and they opened the doors. Right. I might decide, I, I want to go in there you know, and see what's going on, right? And walk in. And I heard that there were um, Capitol Police that were actually taking photos with some of the protesters. Well, there there were some issues along, and then you and there was that co- legislator from West Virginia who resigned because he was photographing. He well, he was photographing himself. himself that there. was dumb. No, uh, but, but the, if you're a legislator like that, and then there was the guy that was walking the people up the second floor. Well, it turns out the the way we reported that last week was that he was walking people toward Nancy Pelosi's office, which he kind of did. But on this, the, the way they're spinning it in the media is he's a hero that walked them away from the Senate chamber so that they could seal it down. Oh. So but there's you, all kinds of ways you, you can know, look at it. You know, the other thing we, we also have to say is w- there is the double standard once again because when we saw all the looting and the rioting over the last year and the destruction and the people killed at, at all these uh, Black Lives Matter r- r- situations or these other things that have happened over the last six years, yeah. you suddenly... You know, now now suddenly everybody's cracking down. Where yeah. is, you know, where is the equity? Yeah. So I was bringing up Georgia for a reason, and that is that, um, you, you know, Sterling, Raffensperger, and Kemp. And I will tell you that those three guys do not have President Trump's best interests at heart. And no matter how they slice it, they try to say that they're, you know, they care, they're good people. And... You know they're they're really not. Um, there's this, there's an article that came out a couple of days ago. It says busted. Raffensperger, deputy Jordan Fuchs, and Jordan's a woman. Mm-hmm. Jordan Fuchs, or uh, recorded Trump call from Florida, violated two party consent law. Jordan Fuchs illegally recorded the conversation while visiting her grandparents in Florida, and that's according to the National File. So they're the ones that leaked the mm-hmm. call. Yeah. They recorded the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Talk about zero respect. That's illegal. And uh, that, that would also, I would imagine, be somewhat classified if you're talking to the president of the United States. So it's kind of crazy. And um, Twitter shares are dropping like a lead balloon, like 5%. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, says here, breaking, Apple is currently threatening to ban Parler. Well, they already have. All right, so that's another one. And then Google and Amazon is shutting down Parler. I got right? a list of all the places that have shut down the president. Reddit, Twitch, Shopify. We've already mentioned Twitter. Google has pulled Parler. YouTube is also um, doing a lot of pullbacks. Facebook, we've already mentioned. Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. And then we talked about Apple um, threatening to m- remove uh, Parler, Discord, Pinterest, and then you have it on your Twitter feed. Stripe is no longer processing payments for so Donald Trump's th- so campaign. So not only did they cut him off of every communication channel, they also are defunding his campaign. Stripe is stopped that. Uh, they're cutting off Parler. So so basically, what happened was Twitter cuts down cuts down uh, the 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 biggest most popular. Twitter, um, Twitter account in the world, in world history. Yeah, 
And I'm not saying he has the highest numbers, but he certainly has the most importance and the biggest yeah. engagement. And um, they cut it down. So what is what, what's the natural natural thing for him to do? Go to Parlor. Right. Parlor is like Yahtzee. Great. We're going to get all this new business because Trump's coming to town, right? Trump's finally going to endorse Parlor. Well, now then, because he was going to go to Parlor, they decided. Well, Parler, the day that they cut him off of Apple, they got the, they were the number one download yeah. on the App Store. Right. And so everybody was going to go to Parler. And they said, no, you can't go to Parler either because you're not censoring. You need to censor, son, before you can go and, and take, all, take, all these, um, take all these Twitter customers. So you say, okay, well, that's just Apple and Android, right? And you, you can't uh, use the app, but you could still go with the browser and you can go. So Mozilla decides to shut them down. Yeah. No, no. Mozilla says our browser, our Firefox is not going to allow that. And then businesses and then, as no, well. No, and then and then um, and then, you know, uh, they're going to go there to the website. And from what I heard over the weekend, the CEO of Parler said they have 300 to 500 servers or something like that. A lot of servers. And basically, they need more than 24 hours to move these servers. Trust me, I know. I've, I've had a hosting company. And it takes a, a while to do all this work. To say you only have 24 hours is ridiculous on its face. So they have to move to a different platform, and hopefully the next platform will take them. But Amazon should be ashamed of themselves. And all of these corporations, and then PGA, right? P- PGA has canceled um, having the uh, championship in 2022 at Trump's uh, golf course. Also, the, the Marriott has is not doing business with conservative uh, legislators who um, uh, agreed to the uh, decertification or, or not to certify. How about the FAA? Yeah. Cracking down on uh, conservatives leaving Washington, D.C. and going home. They basically said, we're not going to serve you alcohol uh, because of the way you treated Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Lindsey Graham is using a burner phone, by the way. What's that about? Why is he still using a flip phone? I I don't know. (laughs) Because a flip phone is one of those phones you buy in a store that's untraceable. Right. It's a a burner phone. Yeah. You use it. You use the minutes. you You throw it away. And it's for secret calls. He's using burner phones, folks. Lindsey Graham is using burner phones because he's such a such a loser. But think about this. Think how Orwellian this entire thing is. Yeah, it is. It'd be because look, if they if this happened, this happened a number of years ago when we talked about Mastercard and Visa not uh, accepting payments from some of the conservative organizations. This did go on. Uh, it, it, w- it wasn't extensive, but it was a processor associated with them. And so the thing, the thing is, is if you now say, okay, I can censor the president, I can censor the president's children, I can censor this person, I can censor that person. You think that they don't have the financial information? The voting information about every american of course they do they'll see what candidates you donated to what you did and it you know this this is uh, the beginning this is the beginning of big brother so i wrote this i said uh you know if big tech companies were to knock out half of america's communication channels including a direct attack on the commander-in-chief while supporting the comms channels in iran russia and china should the u.s military treat 
this like an EMP, like an electric magnetic pulse attack or a strategic missile strike or a cyber warfare against America in support of her enemies? It's cyber war. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, you got to say, if Twitter and Google and YouTube and, you know, uh, Apple and Amazon, if they can actually support, if they could support, you know, President Xi from China, if they'll support Putin and the Ayatollah, who says, death to America, off with your heads, um, why not? You know, because if they have full array of communication, this is the this is basically the way we do business today. Our phones, our communications are done through these digital outlets. So they are utility. This is the big bell problem, right? This is a violation of Sherman Act. Putting out your you know, the Sherman Act was started and it was standard oil. Mm-hmm. That was the 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 impetus of that, right? It was yeah. the, what initiated everything. And what Standard Oil would do is they would gouge prices, they would lower the prices um, to to where compete com- competitors couldn't compete. And then what they would do is they would actually blow up some of the gas stations that would emerge. They would literally set them afire and blow, you know, do domestic terrorism against their competition. Well, this is domestic terrorism against their competition. This is as bad as it's ever been. But in this case, it's a national security threat, more than, say, Standard Oil was. So my argument is, if this is cyber war, what is to stop President Trump from engaging in martial law, which allows you to, um, you know, domestically... uh, you know, stamp down domestic terrorism and in the Insurrection Act. And we're going to later in the show talk a little bit about the difference between the Insurrection Act and martial law. But the idea is, I'm in all, I would support completely, and I'm all for President Trump if he decides that he wants to take take the military and treat Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and even a host of others. Um, the head of, uh, uh, what's the head of the Amazon guy? What's uh, his Jeff name? Bezos. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. I, maybe not so much him, but definitely Mark Zuckerberg with his meddling of the election and what he has done on Facebook and Jack Dorsey with what he's done on Twitter and the kind of censorship and, and uh, partisanship that he has shown and the attack on America. It wasn't just Donald Trump. It was an attack across the board. They they got rid of tens of thousands of conservative Twitter accounts. And I know because I dropped thousands. About 5,000 drop is what I had over the last couple of uh, week. Five thousand. I lost 5,000 Twitter followers uh, because the people that were following me were taken off the si- system. I haven't yet, but probably will. I'm all for and I support um, the idea that tr- President Trump can send in our troops and seize the Twitter offices and the Google offices. That sounds a little crazy, I know. That sounds maybe a little radical. But if you think about what's at stake, if there is somebody that bombed our communication centers and turned off our power and shut down our phone lines and 
gave us an EMT, a EMP attack, electric magnetic pulse attack. That would be an act of war, wouldn't it not? And that's exactly what these miserable socialist liberal white people from California are doing. And that's all they are. A whole bunch of white people that have a really lousy track record at hiring black people. Not that that matters. Really, I guess it doesn't. But frankly, the mainstream media kisses their ring and treats them like gold. And what bothers me the most is these, these uh, leaders, these uh, media leaders like Brian Stelzer, praises this moment, praises it. Jake Tapper praises the moment, right? And all these po- politicians. You know, West Virginians, let me tell you something. Joe Manchin supports this. He thinks it's great what Twitter did. He said so much as that. Now, why do you keep electing this guy? Trump won your state by 45%. Yeah. And somehow this libtard that voted for impeachment and lied about, more than likely will lie about packing the Senate and packing the court. You know, and this is what he's got. You know, slippery tongue. He said he he would not ever support packing the court. But if you pack the Senate, you don't need his vote. There you go. See, so he could say, yeah, I always said I wouldn't pack the court. Yeah, but you pack the Senate, which enabled the Senate to pack the court. Because, you know, even if you vote no, they still have enough votes with packing the Senate. Yeah. You know, with six extra senators. Yeah. So, yeah, don't think that we weren't duped by that. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So let's go forward. I posted some other things, and I said, I can feel the unity already in the lead-up to what they're calling an inauguration. Speaker Pelosi calling for the Second Amendment, a second impeachment, which is supposed to start today, right? Right. So Speaker Pelosi's calling for a second impeachment of our president who has more supporters than any other in history, Senator Schumer promising to change America, as we said in the beginning of our show, and China Joe begging for the 25th Amendment. It's, it's absolutely stunning and crazy that we're living in a world like this. And not only that, they can't even wait till their guy gets into office, right? Let's hope he never does. And I'm not conceding. And I'm going to fight and fight and fight. And I'm not even going to talk about the, a leg, any part of Biden as legitimate. And I won't even speak about him until this fight is over because I haven't given up on winning yet. Have you? Well, I still believe you have a few more days. You never know what can happen. But the, but the, but the thing is, the, the bigger issue right now is the suppression of the, of the free speech and what this means for all of us. Because if they can shut down the president of the United States... They can shut down everybody. It's too big. It's but too big. The, the liberals are loving this. Right? I know they but, are. And, and Until that, they come for them. Yeah, but you know what they're doing? The, the, uh, they say that the big tech is actually doubling down, sort of like what Strzok and Page were doing, trying to you know win over Hillary's good graces because they thought Hillary was going to win. Well, the big tech is actually trying to get into good graces with what they know is about to be a big Section 230 debate. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is, re, you know, pre preemptively get ahead of that and, and win over the hearts and minds of the left to make it really difficult for the liberals to um, get their pound of flesh. 
you know, they, they're winning because of this, right? I mean, they benefit from big tech. And here it is, you know, too, is the, the, the issue is that the mainstream media, TV, basically gaslighted America with a one-dimensional conversation. Yeah. It was a one-direction conversation. They were telling you what they believed, but they were not telling you the truth and how it, how it, how it actually is. They were not giving you a full picture. And no, they were giving you lies. They were gaslighting you. Yeah. And next thing you know, the American patriots and the conservatives left mainstream media TV. They left it. They walked away from it. And they cut the cord. They cut their cable. And they decided, you know, I'm liking this social media two-way conversation. Right. This discussion board. And that's what it was all about. It was all about having a two-way conversation and having honest debate. And when they first left mainstream media TV, that one-directional BS, right, Um, that gaslighting, telling you up is down, down is up, and left is right, and lying to you, they left. They said, enough of this. This is smoke and mirrors. This is BS. So we're going to go over to big tech. And frankly, the Republicans dominated big tech. They were 70-plus percent of big tech. That's what they were. And so what happened then is you have people like Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, communists. And they were looking at that and they're saying, you know, we own this utility that's now become a publishing company. And all we're publishing is conservative messaging. They're taking advantage of our platform and all they're putting out are stuff that we disagree with. I mean, how would you like to own a magazine and every art and you're the owner of the magazine and every article that's being written is like some communist manifesto you completely disagree with, right? That would drive me nuts if I own the magazine. It's my magazine. And every writer is writing a communist manifesto with every article they write. I would be a little bit annoyed by that. But the thing is, as we've said over and over again, they haven't tried to be a magazine or or they've tried to be. No, that's the Section 230 debate. They've tried to play it both ways. They've tried to say we're a utility. Yeah. Right, I know. But So the point is, is it's driving them nuts. It's driving them nuts. And so they basically said, you know what? We're going to fix this. Once we get power, we're going to fix it. And, I mean, they haven't even shifted power yet. And all of a sudden, they're getting ahead of it. They're, they're basically saying, you know what? We would never do this to Trump in the beginning of his term because he, we know that there would be payback. Right. But now that Trump, they believe Trump's on his way out. They believe Trump's on his way out. Um, that they're going to go ahead now and just tar and feather the man, right? Uh, on his way out of Dodge. And they're going to do all this stuff. But the main thing is, is that they're trying to and so what I've noticed in the last four days is just exactly that. And this is what inspired this commentary that I'm making, is that I was trying to dig about the Insurrection Act and some other things. I was doing some research on a lot of these topics I wanted to present to you today. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find my usual sources. Everything was gone. And I couldn't believe when I would turn on my Twitter and everything that was trending was you know, uh, uh, hang Pence and all this negativity, you know, where the left was 
one because Pence didn't agree with the Twenty Fifth Amendment, they wanted to hang Pence, and hanging Pence apparently is okay. But you know, anything that Parler was doing wasn't somehow Trump said something worse than hang Pence. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. And in fact, if you listen to that speech, Trump never ever. Said anything I, I, I re, I've reread violence. the speech several times and I've looked at it. He never said anything like that. He he said, yes, we're going to walk to Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to walk. Yeah. He did not tell anybody yeah. to storm the Capitol. So so the idea is, is that they're getting what they want. They're, they're basically putting the liberal spin. So what what's going to happen is you're going to have this liberal Twitter and they're not going to let any right wing conservative views on their platform. Uh, of any significance. So now where conservatives were 70, 70% of what they were, uh, they're now about 30, 40%. And so now it's a, a fair playing field to them, right? It's sort of like five to one or whatever, you know? And uh, that's the way they want it. That's the platform they wanted. But that's not healthy because what happens is now all the conservatives were going to go over to parlor and they were going to all speak to themselves and the liberals were going to speak to themselves on Twitter. And that just further divides our country. Because if we can't have open, honest debate and discussion, then God help us, right? That's a big problem for our country. Long term, that's going to be devastating. And I, I actually believe, and I really believe in my heart, that we need to do something now. And I would support fully a military uh, aggressive act and uh, I would declare Twitter and Google, YouTube, and uh, Facebook. Mainly, I would put at the top of the list Twitter and Facebook. I would declare them enemy combatants and um, treasonous uh, organizations that are attacking America uh, more than they are any other country. And they're aiding and abetting an adversary of America, China, Putin, and Iran. You know, TikTok is still out there. TikTok, Snapchat, all these other liberal. Well, TikTok is heavily Chinese funded. Yeah. You know, so they're. That's right. That's, that's well, they all are. <laughs> yeah. You know. It... So I asked this. I said, could you imagine if 1979 AT&T says nobody can talk about Reagan politics on our phone lines because we disagree with them? Then cancels all of Reagan and his supporters' phone lines? It's no different. It's just information crossing a form of technology that connects our great country. So the point there is that you cannot have this type of thing. You can't have people shutting down our communication channels. That is, to me, it's an act of war. And I don't care if you're domestic or not. Yeah. You hate America. Yeah. Let's face it. Jack with the nose ring hates America. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, the robot, hates America. You know, that's all he is. I said, I get it. Mainstream media used a one-way conversation to gaslight Americans with liberal BS. Conservatives left fake news TV for a two-way discussion and completely took over social media. Big tech CEOs are now transforming it back to a one-way liberal discussion board. America is next, and the election machine rigging cover cover up begins. And that's the other part, is they want to cover up all the wrongdoings in Georgia. But you know what? What Giuliani said on January 6th, he said, 
we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. a lot of information because we have access to some of the Dominion servers now to do an audit. And we're going to find out some things. There are some ch- big shoes to drop, I believe. I believe some big things are going to happen. I don't know if it's in the form of what we've been hearing in the last 24 hours about an insurrection act. I don't know. I don't know if President Trump is in Abilene, Texas or Camp David. I don't really know. I don't think anybody really knows. I will tell you that um, there's a lot going on. And there's a lot of disinformation. that You've got to be careful, folks, about what you're hearing and who you're getting your information from. And at the end of the day, uh, it's really best to wait and see and see what happens. But I'm calling for action against the big tech. And I think it's a military action that needs to take place. And I think that we need to teach those people a lesson. Those libtards that run the show over there are doing the wrong thing for America. And they ought to, this wrong ought to be righted one way or the other. I really truly believe that People like Clarence Thomas have America's best interests at heart and want to do something. Like I said, his wife financed and helped finance 80 buses on January 6th. And now she's in hot water for it. They're trying to attack Clarence Thomas and his wife Mm -hmm. and uh, Ginny, Ginny Thomas. And um, it's just it's it's a sad chain of events. But remember and don't forget. It's Alito that's overseeing. Alito's in, in line with Clarence Thomas. And it is Alito that oversees Pennsylvania, and it is Clarence Thomas that oversees Georgia. Would I have liked them to act sooner? And would I have liked them to hear the Texas case? Yes. All of that's water under the bridge now. We have to move on. But I believe that any moment... At any moment of any day in the next nine days, we can find, we can have finding of fact. And I believe that a lot, there's a lot of people fighting for the president that really want him to have another four years. And I don't know how it's going to play out, but I really am hopeful that they're going to find something that's going to be significant enough to disqualify Biden as a cheater uh, for, for, you know, because he cheated. So you could disqualify a candidate all the way up until the 20th if you find that he cheated. And then from what I understand from Peter Navarro, you can actually disqualify a candidate even after the 20th. That's what he said on Maria, uh, I think it was Maria Bartiroma. He said that. So we'll see. I said this, when an enemy blows up your satellite, hacks your central command, or knocks out your power grid, the response is usually to take out theirs with force. Information warfare that silences a commander to protect China, rigged elections, and political adversaries is an act of war. I said that over the weekend. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to drive home these things. And I want you to take a listen to this man, Carlos Picada. He speaks for me right now more than anybody in America, and I want you to hear him. Sheriff Garcia, Uh, I'm telling you guys, Zapata, Um, I wasn't going to speak. I was asked to speak here, you know, uh, Sheriff Garcia. I'm telling you guys, you know, I'm, I'm pretty appalled at what's going on. You know, at first we sat as concerned citizens that we all want to figure out how to best navigate our way through this whole COVID thing, you know. And uh, 
as, as we realize that it's not quite as dangerous as we thought it'd be, you know, I was absolutely appalled and cowardice, you know, and as you're sitting there with your masks on, uh, I don't blame you for wearing masks because I'd be hiding my face too if I was you for what you're doing. It's absolutely horrendous what you're doing to these people. I'm a business owner and, uh, and I'm telling you, our families are starving. You know, you guys can sit here with your jobs, you can sit here and you're going to get paid, you can fall asleep in your chair like that gentleman's doing behind his mask right there, okay? Uh, and I'm telling you right now that right now we're being peaceful. And, and you better be happy that we're, we're good citizens, that we're peaceful citizens. But it's not going to be peaceful much longer, okay? And this isn't a threat. I'm not a criminal. I've never been a criminal. But I'm telling you that good citizens are going to turn into real concerned and revolutionary citizens real soon. And nobody else is going to say that. I'm probably the only person that has a boss to say what I'm saying right now. That we're building, we're organizing, and we'll work with law enforcement or without law enforcement. But you won't stop us when time comes because our families are starving. And if you don't hear the seriousness of my voice, I hope you open your ears and you absolutely listen to what I'm saying. Because this is a warning for what's coming. It's not going to be peaceful much longer. It's not going to be raw raw. It's not going to be speeches. It's not going to be gathered outside saying a Pledge of Allegiance. It's not going to be waving flags. It's going to be real. When you've seen the things that I've seen, I went to war for this country. I've seen the ugliest, dirtiest part of humanity. I've been in combat. And I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. And there's a million people like me, and you won't stop us. Open the county. Let our citizens do what they need to do. Let owners of businesses do what they need to do to feed their families. Take the masks off. Quit masking and muzzling your children. The psychological damage that you're doing to them is horrible. I've had six friends kill themselves since it's happened. Veterans who lost their jobs. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people. And you're a part of it by wearing your masks. In Shasta County, we're supposed to be red country up here. Not blue country, we're red country up here. So that was in Shasta County, uh, Northern California, uh, just outside of Sacramento, mm -hmm. this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, it's unbelievable what people have had to put up with in the last year and how people's lives have been dramatically altered by these sh shutdowns and the depression, the financial um, harm. It, it's t tremendous. You know what I hate? I hate the fact that Big Mike called on social media companies to permanently ban Trump. And then guess what? They did it. Right. So I guess baby gets what baby wants. Is well, what I, I still said. don't like you calling her Big Mike, but I don't agree with what she did. <laughs> Are you sure she's a she? Well, I know you go, you, you're channeling Joan Rivers again when she I'm said so, we're sure she's a tranny, but uh, uh, I, I won't I, go there. I find Michelle Obama to be the most disgusting human being, I, second, to her, second to her husband. I never liked what she said about this is the first time in my adult life that I'm and, proud of my country. I you know, when your husband that, became the president-elect. Okay, look, look, you know what? I have all kinds of liberal friends, all of them, liberal I have so many liberal friends, I can't even... Uh, many of you who follow me on Facebook and banter and play around, you know that I have this Brubumsky friend, a friend of mine named Bruce. And um, he's as liberal as the day is long, right? <clears throat> and uh, he's for real. So, Terry, if you're um, listening, which I know Terry uh, has um, texted in today, and he said, Gab added 600,000 new members yesterday, people abandoning Facebook and Twitter. Seen it all before, parlor thing, did that to Gab. All right, so one thing about Gab is Gab uh, is, uh, uh, they have their own infrastructure. Just like Red State Talk Radio has their own infrastructure. So we're good. 
Um, I'm going to pick up John here in a second. It says, uh, but I wanted to uh, quote this Rogan thing. He says, what is the number of veterans in this country? I mean, it's got to be more than a million. There are so many people in this country that really understand violence and they are not one, the ones calling for violence. They're not the, the, the punch a Nazi people. The people that really understand violence, that have seen violence, that have committed violence for their country, those are the, the MFers that you break glass in case of war. You need them, and people don't understand that. These people running around calling for violence, calling for revolution, you are going to open a door that you can never close. And when those soldiers come pouring out of the door to defend what they think is an attack on their freedoms and their country, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, it's what they, he used the F word, but you know, you're done. And that's the thing that the real people uh, are, that are, that are coming to play uh, are not going to know what hit them. I also said this uh, over the weekend. I said, where are we right, where we are right now? And there's a guy hanging from a ledge He's trying to pull himself up. And I said, it's in God's hands, and we are ready to rise up, fight back, and climb that mountain. And the uh, meme says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's Philippians 4.13, Philippians. And uh, that's one of my favorite expressions from the Bible. Isn't it yours? Yeah, I like it yeah, a lot, too. I love that. Um all right, so we're going to go ahead and bring John in. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good morning, Scott and Leonora. Good morning. Good morning. Well, first thing, morning. Um, first thing is that I, I recall the words of uh, David Horowitz, who is from frontpage.com, uh, frontpage magazine, or frontpage.com. He started out as a radical liberal, son of uh, two communists. You've probably heard of David Horowitz. Not yeah. the consumer reporter, but the... Uh, the political uh, figure. He started out, uh, started the magazine called The Ramparts, Wild Berkeley, and then he switched to the other side in the 70s as he saw the left firsthand and what they do. And he said that um, inside every, uh, I think it was, I, the quote is basically, inside every leftist is a totalitarian waiting to get out. And this is a signal example of it. We're seeing it defined right now. They think they have the advantage, and maybe they do, uh, so they can't help themselves, which leads to my, and, and you see it in the form, all the things you're talking about, the forms of uh, uh, censorship, particularly censorship, but also in the way they manipulate language. You have to be very suspicious of people who want to define language to you. Th those are, I think, some of the most dangerous, some of the worst people, which leads to my, that second, my second observation, which is the left is evil. Now, that doesn't mean every leftist is evil. Some are good people or well-meaning people. But many, uh, almost, I would say most are not. And the left is a, an institution is evil. But these two factors and their, their overweening arrogance will lead them to overplay their hand. I mean, we see it. It's obvious for anyone who has a brain. I mean, you have, that, have the IQ of a light bulb, not their, of a lamppost, not to see this. So I think, I guess our hope right now is they overplay their hand. And if they do what they claim to do, other than the Senate thing, the Senate thing really does concern me, because they'll build an example for them, for themselves. But they'll, they'll overplay their hand on so many issues that I, I hope it fuels us then, if Republicans ever regain all three branches of power, to go for the judgment. 
when it comes to removing Section C-230 protection and whatnot. Well, Trump but was right in the beginning the when he said issue. to Mitch, yeah. you know, go nuclear, yeah. Mitch. They would do it to you. And we're going to see that Trump was right again. Well, yeah, but if they if they get rid of the uh, you know, Mitch is without a weapon, I suppose. I mean, he might be able to slow things down, but he'd have to do it for two years. You know, and uh, do you have a lot of confidence in them? I mean, one thing we've seen in the last several, well, months, is the Republican circular firing squad, as usual. Oh, they yeah, well, Pat Toomey, I'm calling for... Pat Toomey, Pat Toomey's calling, uh, Pennsylvania Center, calling for Trump's resignation. And I'm like, no, I'm calling for Pat Toomey's resignation. And Lindsey Graham said, I'm more well, determined right. than ever before to uh, crack down and repeal 230. Well, no. What all that is, is the more t- the tougher he talks, the uh, he knows that big tech has un- unlimited mon- money. So he knows that the tougher he, and the more serious he approaches this, the more money they're going to pay him to fold like a cheap suit. It's all about, you know, barking the bark so you can get paid to not bark anymore. And that's about all it is in Washington these days. Well, he's set up on, he's gotten on Kennedy uh, show for the last two years and talked tough about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. This is coming out, that's coming out, and nothing has happened. That's the same story with him, which is why I called your show. I was so upset that the Republican Party of South Carolina called off. I mean, this is the kind of Republican Party we have. I mean, they, they called off the, uh, they called off the um, the uh, uh, primary supposedly to protect Trump. No, there, that was to I mean, Lindsey Graham. How serious was that? That was to protect Lindsey well, Graham they, they, from being well, primaried out. Right, exactly, because he had real problems in 2014, and so to protect him, they did this. That's exactly so, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Lindsey Graham and Pat Toomey, isn't he the senator from corporate America? He's the guy from Club for Growth. You know. The, He's really, he's really just a club for growth guy, and those are, uh, yeah, that they're they're good on some issues, but they're they're really, uh, really uh, problematic on a lot of issues. That's Pat Toomey. He's not running for re-election in two years. Right. He doesn't really care. Right, right. But I guess one question is, can we do this? If if they expand the number of states, is it possible for a Senate, a future Senate, to come in and carve up states and say, you know, we're going to create East Minnesota and West Minnesota? Well, that's what Paul's doing Southern with Illinois, New California. That's what Paul's doing with New California. That's what Texas is thinking about, you know, uh, separating from the union. I mean, there there'd be all kinds of reactions to that. that you, the unintended consequences surrounding that would be really remarkable. And they ought to leave it alone. Just, and then we're out of time, John. I, I, I agree. Go ahead. All right, all right, Go ahead really quick. What was the last thing? Okay. All right. Well, the anger I hear out there from friends is smoldering. It's just smoldering. Yeah. Moreover, you know, I, I, I've, well, I've said this before, it's a bigger conversation, but I'm a, one of many who wants to split the country up. Right. I don't see much of a resolution short of that. Right, absolutely. Anyway, that's, that's all I've said. All right, thank you, John. Take it easy. Thank all right, you. so you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Cravota. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.